Up to right. Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Just dance for my neighbors. <laughs> Check it. Mm. Hey, welcome back to episode six of the Waking Up From Work podcast. We are four episodes away from launch and being a real boy. Uh, Last episode, we were at Pipe Dream Brewery with co-founder and head brewer John Young, where we got to share some great conversation about starting a dream from nothing. Um, Completely changing up the track of that you were on. Pipe Dream doesn't have to be a pipe dream it can be right now yep right and so we just had someone that lived it um we talked to him a little bit about choosing a business location which is kind of cool because it can be difficult and uh building a brand into a community um instead of kind of forcing your way in like being a business entity that's just in a location because you have to but also like why am i I hear and how am I engaging people around me to make it so my brand is more than you're bigger than the product that you're offering. Exactly. And we had some dope beers. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Snickerdoodle stout. Okay. Hear me out on nitro. (laughs) Um, West to East IPA. (laughs) So many um, good beers, right? Uh, yeah. the stout made it. So Ryan actually, um, he, uh, he kind of ruined his life. So. Oh, dude. Snickerdoodle stout will for sure mess up one of my nights in the near future. It was very good and very full of alcohol. Um, needless to say, uh, this episode, we are going to talk to CJ Poole. He is a freelance vocalist and bassist. He is the manager of the Capital Jags. Jags. Mick Jagger. No, Jazz you, you Orchestra. Capital like Jazz Orchestra. Okay. And the <laughs> owner of CP Music Contracting. Um, so CJ and I met from, I met him at my workplace, which we don't talk about workplace on here. Just, I didn't tell you that actually. We don't we talk don't. about the brothel? No. 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 All right. Keep um, it on the dirty we met down there. Though. And I gave CJ my business card and then he called me back like a year later, maybe. And we did some, some gigging together and, uh, it's just kind of crazy how stuff connects, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So CJ, do you want to just run people through like, who is CJ pool? Who is CP music contracting? What is freelance lifestyle? That's what we want to talk about today. Well, first and foremost, uh, it's a pleasure being here with you guys today. Thanks thanks for for having me. Um, as At far the famous as kitchen table, <laughs> famous the iconic kitchen table, yes, unreal. Yes, it's not the podcast without it. <laughs> as far as the freelance life, I mean, really, what it comes down to is the fact that you need to always be wearing multiple hats in order to make it work. What do you do? So, if if I'm going down through like a day to day process, you know, I'd spend my days pretty much on the business side of things. So I'll be reaching out to venues, trying to, you know, raise their awareness for what I'm doing musically, try to see, you know, gauge their interest on bookings and getting more gigs and venues to commit to shows. Um, And then on the other hand, you know, working on the website and, you know, the social media outlet and aspect of everything to raise awareness of not just myself as a, you know, freelance 
you know, but also for the larger group, the you know, the full jazz orchestra and what we do in that capacity. Um, so that's kind of like the day to day grind as far as what this business is all about. So is it Monday through Friday, or it's just whatever day? Like like music, like I know that you do jazz and bass. You're probably gigging on Fridays and Saturdays. Like how do yeah the how weekend, do you the weekends week are primarily the weekends are primarily and the nights are primarily performing. I try to stay structured so that I have some sort of a um, you know organized schedule in that right. I'll go into like my office Monday through Friday and I'll say, okay, from this time to this time, I'm going to be calling, I'm going to be calling venues and trying to book more gigs okay. from this time to this time. I'm updating my website, you know, and then from this time to this time, you know, reaching out to other musicians, working on booking them for stuff, you know, that's already, that we're already looking forward to. Um, you know, so that's kind of all like the, the, the back end business stuff. And then, uh, excuse me, and then we get to, you know, the nighttime, you know, and typically that's when the gigging is. So, um, you know, Thursday through Sunday is almost always committed to performing. Sure. Yeah. You know, and then occasionally you'll have those, you know, token weekdays where, you know, you're going out or, you know, actually there's been some times where I've gone to schools and done clinics with like music departments and stuff, um, you know, kind of giving them the exposure and lowdown on you know, professional musician and what that entails, um, and performing at the schools and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's a day to day process. You got to snag it as you come. Indeed. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like hunt, hunt what you kill mentality. Exactly. That's the way I think of it. Like yeah. I have, I think like, so when I graduated college, I said this on episode one, when I talked about like where I got to where I'm at, like my story, like <clears throat> when I just got out of college, I was so eager and I didn't plan things out the right way. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to freelance right now. And like, I just went for it right away when I had a Jeep that was literally catching on fire on the highway. <laughs> so, so humble beginnings, yeah. humble beginnings, not yes. the best. Well, so I've graduated now to a Nissan Titan with a window that has a trash bag over it because it wasn't repaired properly. So I'm, I'm ever, love to see ever that. changing my ill whip, you know? So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you don't have to worry about the fires on the highway though. So that's a plus. So well, I mean, say now incredible. I've always got something to throw out my trash. Like I just take it and push it into my window <laughs> my window, bag, and then just bag it up and throw it out. It's actually innovation. Yeah. So brilliant. But no, I went for That's freelancing frugal. for six months, and then mm. like I didn't have the foundation that was necessary to be able to uphold that. So that's what brought me into my full dom, uh, full time sales position. And now I'm kind of rebuilding back at it. Like I'm like, hold on, let's do this the right way. And now I'm 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 going backwards at it. And now I feel like when when that time comes, now I'll be at a foundation that I can do it. But that was definitely how it was, at least for me in the recording industry, there would be like, great, I have a project and I have a, I'm, I'm super booked right now. I'm like, awesome, right? But then I would graduate to a time where I'd be like, I have nothing. Yeah. And it was scary as hell to just be like, I don't have basically my employer saying, if you do this time at these times, yep. then you get this amount and that's mm -hmm. the equation. Well, here's so that's kind of crazy. Here's the deal. I mean, as far as college goes, so I went to college for music performance and frankly, you know, long story short, I didn't finish because I got to the point where, you know, I was really comfortable with what I was doing. 
I felt like I was on the top of my game. And frankly, I was getting sick of being in the, you know, the performance groups and not getting paid. So, yeah. <laughs> so I decided to, you know, I said to myself, I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this and freelance and I'm going to, you know, make it on my own. Um, but I, as I learned really quickly, um, what college doesn't teach you in that capacity are two things. What I, what I really wish they'd incorporate into a music major is business courses. Yes. Because that, yeah. uh, you know, the thing with the music business is when you get down to it, it's 90% business, 10% music. Yep. And so true. You know, and that's just something. Talking to somebody about this earlier. It's funny yeah. You and, that, it. and, that, and that's something that you, I think you learn over time or you, you know, you sink or swim as far as that's concerned. And the other thing that the major does not teach you is how to entertain. And I feel like that is the such a. after. Yeah, it's such an incredible, important you know, piece to the pie because, you know, when you're out there and you're giving it your all and you're putting everything into what you do musically, if you're not entertaining an audience, if you're not bringing in an audience, if they're not, you know, into it, yep, you don't have a business. You know, people aren't going to hire you again. You know, as far as, you know, whether it's a large production in a, you know, thousand, two thousand seat venue or it's something as intimate as a, you know, private cocktail party or a wedding, you need to be engaging and entertaining with whatever audience you're in front of. Right. And a lot of the times, you know, the musicians get into this mindset like, oh, I'm a musician, I'm an artiste, and this is all about me. Well, th- that Sometimes. I can respect that. Yeah, I can respect that to a degree. Yeah. But it's really key to always have it in mind that, you know, you're, you're being compensated and paid for a service and that you need to... Uphold that you service. You need to uphold that service. I mean, you know? like... You need to entertain them. I play in an indie band, so, like, me, I'm about to go play a house show just in a backyard. Like, I know, like, the like I do this for the art type of deal, but at the same aspect, it's like art and everything has been funded over time. Like, those arts that we feel, like, maybe, like, that... I don't know, that might be like so artsy, but it's like at the time that was also just funded to be Entertain. entertainment yep. at the same, like, and so you can have all these things that, that come off of it for. and you do it because you love it. Mm. But at the same time, like I would agree that like you it's can the be the best line. musician in the world, but if you sit there and like you stare at the back of the stage and like, I don't know. Like, well, you I know, to, I know it on both sides, man. I know plenty of incredible musicians who musically are just unbelievable, but they have no entertainment factor. Showmanship and Yeah, there's just no showmanship, you know? And that is something that really comes out as far as what the audience notices. Because here's the deal, and this is something I actually learned early on. Um, You know, I actually was fortunate enough to kind of have music growing up. You know, my dad was a big band leader and still is today. He is actually the music director for the, you know, the jazz orchestra that we mentioned earlier. And um, at one point, he told me the story about when he worked with uh, jazz giant Mel Torme. And he was saying how, you know, he was like 23 at the time. This was one of his first big shows. And he was this incredible icon you know, coming into Concord, New Hampshire to perform with his jazz orchestra. Awesome. And, you know, right, you know, the show started, the guy comes on stage, completely turns a switch, you know, just is incredibly, like, you know, entertaining and, and just comes right out. They play their first number. And then after, like, the first tune, he spent, like, 15, 20 minutes just 
connecting and talking with the audience. And at that point, my dad realized, and that's kind of what he taught me, is that you could open your voice and absolutely suck. And <laughs> if you have that audience in the palm of your hand, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. The music at that point is, you know, Sales just machine. ancillary. You know, it's just an incredible talent. And, you know, that, I mean, that was that, that period of musicians and artists. It's, you know, but that's, I come back to how entertaining the audience is, is so important in engaging them. And, you know, when you have them in the palm of your hand like that, you know, any, you know, the rest of it is. You have this yeah. skill and you have this, you know, incredible gift or talent about it, but then you don't like, there are a bunch of strangers, like you don't connect with people on a personal level. So like, it's hard for them to connect with your music if they don't connect with you necessarily as the person up there. And that's like, you have the showmanship piece, you have the pizzazz piece, like you're offering them something that's like, it's bringing them like to more than just a show of music. Oh yeah. And yeah. like that's when you look at especially nowadays with the internet and how social media works like you have there's so many people out there with talent, just raw talent that are good at guitar or have just a set of pipes on them. They're just unbelievable. And but like you put them up in front of a mic and they stand there like all flat and flat face and they just sing and you're just like, "All right, well, you know, I'll take the guy who kind of sings a little less good than you but you know is dancing around and is connecting with people and is making people feel like they're at a place and like the the place has a feel and a personality to it and you see that with a lot of creative creative stuff like you need to be yeah. able to put that creativity through an outlet that connects to other people like that's the missing and, and i mean i guess like from all of this like it's definitely a conversation that we've had before where like i personally am very happy that i went to college mm. but one thing that i'll say is anyone that with that expectation that you go to college and like you do the thing and then you get the thing it's just like that other aspect of like what is real life all right cool i'm going to college to be a music performance major awesome you are going to get sharp as shit because you are spending so much of your time playing like my chops were never better than when i was in college like no doubt about it but you also need to live real life where like you're trying to get that gig or you're trying to get through that barrier of contacting someone. And like, none of that stuff is taught in college. That's the, the how do I, how do I communicate with people? How do I, um, just live the day to day when like shit goes wrong or maybe people don't want to talk to you or things like that. It's not, you can't use the degree to get that gig. Cause but, college doesn't teach you how to be you as an individual. And if you're, I feel like if you're going to do anything that's creative, what's going to set you apart is, the only thing that makes you different from everybody else, which is your individuality. And if you can't put your own individuality slash personality slash whatever your and feel is it. and put it into practice with your talent, like together, then like, yeah, you're going to fall on your face. Like, you know how hard it is to monetize creativity. Do you know how hard it is to make a living off of doing like creative stuff that doesn't have like a, a hard value to it? Like you have to, create a value to it like you well, have to bring something to and the that's, table that's absolutely relevant i mean definitely i mean everything about this business is being able to hone in a perceived value of what you're offering because at the end of the day people aren't going to pay for something they don't have a perceived value for yep. right and if you have that you know and you can offer that you know that's what's going to keep you sustained um you know all the way and that's and again college is kind of like a I hate to say it, but you know, it's kind of like the piece of paper, you know, but once you're out there and you're doing it, 
it's a totally different ball game. It puts you in the position to think and do things in a certain way, but then you have to put that into practice. Yeah. However, which way you decide to do it, whichever situation you put yourself in, I whichever. Think, I think it's a piece of paper if if it doesn't elevate you like it like for instance like my job or what i'm trying to have it certainly doesn't need a piece of paper like any studio Mm. i've ever applied to yep i don't even include it because actually they'll be kind of like i don't care like like proactively (laughs) i don't care so i i specifically (laughs) only include this is all the things that i've done this is where i've worked at this is the experience i've got but for me at least i will say like that experience elevated me to take myself more serious than I've ever been in mm. doing that consistently being forced to do for four years. Like I regret nothing about it. So mm-hmm. it's never like slamming either way, uh, either way. Yeah. Like, like I, it took me longer to get the real world experience that I needed to like create the mentality uh, that I needed to be aggressive. I would say like, mm-hmm. but I already kind of had that preconsumption, like while I was in college, is like this. Some of this is not real, and I and I think if you're able to find that middle ground of like, like for me, I started interning somewhere when I was like freshman year. I was like, dude, I love this class on equalization or this class, but in real life, like, I don't know if 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 I'm gonna take a compressor and and slam it, and it's like the worst thing for the audio, but it just sounds good on that vocalist. Mm. I'm gonna friggin' do it, dude. Even though the book said not to, and it's like that piece of it, you need to be able to, I think, reach both sides of the desk for that. Right. Col- well, you're separating. College is to me. I don't know. I think about it like this: like college is reading the book, and then post college is writing the book. Well, you're well, separating I, theory and reality. Yeah, exactly. Like you know? it's practical application is not as cut and dry as like the reading the text and the going through the process like yeah the application is always different and messy because you know life is such well yeah and then fast forwarding to present day you know that's something that you know i don't regret the time that i spent you know at college because you learn a lot of the theory that you know obviously you know you learn the skill set as far as a you know your your technique and you know your uh, practicing as a performer, but you know that's something that stuff you always will carry with you. Mm. But then it's a matter of actually putting it into practice, right? And uh, I mean, when you're out there and you're doing it and it's go time, you know, you're you're totally putting yourself out there, mm. right? Yeah. I've got my PhD in jazz vocal performance, but if I don't have the balls to talk to someone about like why I should be playing at their venue, then does it matter? I can't tell you how many people I know that, you know, professional musicians who have all this paper who are incredible at their craft, but they, in a professional, professional live situation, it carries no weight. Mm. You know, I, I mean, and there's the argument that can be made, you know, these guys are in the ivory tower and they're comfortable in that environment. And then, you know, you get them into a real performing, you know, environment where people are actually, here's the difference, really. And this is the biggest decipher uh, between what I noticed at the college level and what I noticed at a professional level is that there's a difference when people show up to a college show, you know, and it's like a, you know, a college, you know, an event at the school and, oh, that's all well and great. You know, you might have like, you know, 20 to 60 people in the audience and they're all there to enjoy whatever. Yeah. But then you get to the point where you are actually marketing and selling a show where people are buying, you know, 
tickets. You know, they're yeah. buying tickets. I it's mean, you know, it's a ticket that buyer selling. that's buying anywhere from $35, $45 a ticket who are going there and they want to be entertained because I'll tell you what, the average Joe who is working their nine to five shift yep. and, you know, they want their escape. They get to the weekend and all they want to mm-hmm. do is go to a show, be entertained, have a good time. And that is what I strive for as a professional musician to give them that entertainment because th- because at that point that's your livelihood and you need to perform right and like I'm glad I was going to ask because I'm glad we're transitioning back to this I was going to ask like how do we like how can you recommend advice to people about splitting those two like, aspects where you go from being uh, creative and doing it as fun and doing it as artistic thing and then uh, realizing that you need to up- hold yourself to a right. certain level of professionalism and a certain level of like I put my artistic creativity to the side because this is right now because it's my profession and people are paying money for this. It becomes a product in some ways and they have an expectation. And as the professional, um, I have the responsibility of delivering um, like how and as artists, it can be hard to do that. You know, you don't want to put away your your individuality or your creativity for you know monetary yeah. stuff. Some people can see that as, you know, you're selling out. But to me, that's much more. I feel like that test the limits of who you are as an artist when you have constraints to what you do and when you are expected to provide like a service at this point a service and a product and so how did you find a way to really bridge the gap between that and then like find a happy medium too where you know you feel happy and fulfilled as a creative artist but then you're also successful as a businessman slash uh, product provider well in this line of business the most important thing you always have to be able to say to yourself, you wake up each day and say to yourself, is there anything else I would rather be doing than this? Mm. And if you can look yourself in the so mirror valid. and say yeah. that this is like, this is what I want to do and I can't imagine anything else, then you're on the right track. The other thing is the fact that me personally, I've always felt as though my life as an, an, an artist and a professional musician has always been an uphill battle because of the fact that my true passion and love for music falls within a genre that is, you know, less known or listened to today. Mm. You know, um, which is a shame because it's such a good genre. Well, it's sad because, right. and frankly, it really comes down to exposure because when you come down to it, you don't turn on the radio and you hear, you know, Charlie Parker or you, you hear Count Basie or Duke Ellington. You don't go out for the night in Boston and then walk into a club and it has that. And if it did, I would go, please tell me if there's one out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be sick as hell. Right. Well, the sad, really, the sad thing is that it's, it's seldom heard on a, you know, public airwave. But the beauty of it is that that is already the unique carve out that I have as a musician. Um, and basically I just strive for everything I do to, you know, to be the absolute top quality and performance. And, you know, the balance is working to entertain the audience, but also with my genre, it's a matter of kind of, kind of a subliminal education to the audience because it's, it's something that a lot of people don't they're not familiar with they can't connect to and the hardest part is still performing and doing what i love but maintaining a musical integrity you know staying within the the basis of the genre or genres that i'm passionate about and that i want to perform and that i've honed 
you know, my interpretation of. And then like doing it insanely well, like to its highest ability. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, that to me is the most important because unfortunately, you know, I feel as though that, you know, this genre has become something that people look at as like schlocky or corny. And, you know, there's so many, you know, part-time dent, you know, there's so many guys out there who are doing this stuff on these, you know, um, Pick Chinese up. restaurants. And well, no, like the pickup there, yeah. bands, man, like the yeah. lawyers, dentists, and Indian chiefs that are out there and they play this stuff for fun. And the, the hardest part is usually it sucks. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, you listen to these, you know, ragtag bands that do it for fun, you know, and all these other, uh, you know, professionals in some other field. Yeah. And it's tough because it lowers the musical in- integrity of the music. Mm-hmm. And so the expectation of the public is just that. And then they're doing it for little to nothing or free because it's a kick for them. And then you're competing against that in a market. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so like, it's like people that don't understand the value, it goes right back to what Ryan said is like, this is the value right here. Yeah. But then the perceived I, I fight value. it all the time in recording. It's they're like, voice well, too. but I can, go, um, I can go record for $5 an hour. I'm like, dude. Go ahead. Like I, I'm, well, I'm sorry, but like there, you, you, you will can go get on Fiverr right now, and you can get recordings well, done. Absolutely, I'm, right. I'm, I'm sure of it. But the, at the end of the day, like, Fiverr what is the experience like? What does your craft look like? What does the product look like? What's the experience as a whole? Like, I absolutely understand that um, more than anything, and I've just learned to be like, listen, I'm gonna value my time for the economy of the time that I'm up against personally and what I'm able to produce for the quality that I put myself against basically. And then Mm -hmm. in that environment, the competition will be its own thing. And the people that are going to scoop down for the people that craft their price low and then also put that low quality out and the people that want whatever, like that's going to naturally fall on its cycle essentially well i can't tell you when i was starting out how often i you know try to book gigs or try to get in front of you know different venues and audiences and you know the the people that were basically calling the shots you know the program directors of xyz or the people signing the check you know they'd always say well you know this will be a, you know, consider this, you know, there's no money involved, but you know, this will be a learning experience for you. You know, you know, this is what you do. Is this what you do for fun? I said, no, you know, and my defense (laughs) is like it, it almost every person that gives me that schlock at this point, you know, I look at them and I say, well, all right, well, what do you do for a living? You know, it's well, you know, you know, say weddings, especially, oh my God, that's like the biggest, you know, laugh because you have all these people that'll you know try to call you up and ask you for you know your availability on a date or a gig and you know you give them a price you know based on what you feel is fair you know what your rates are what your rates are and everything else and you know they're all up in arms or some of them are up in arms and you know oh that's you know that's way out of my price range and that's you know i can't believe you know don't you do this for fun (laughs) well well and that you know you get to that point but also it's like okay so what do you do for a living oh well you know I'm a dentist. So, oh, great. Well, I'll tell you what. How about I do this for free and <laughs> let me show up and you can, you know, put in a new crown for me. And, you know, you'll just do it for fun, right? You know, are you right. a lawyer? You'll just practice pro bono for <laughs> oh, your oh, life? Oh, you're an accountant? Oh, you want to do my taxes just for, for shit? Yeah, how about heart surgery for nothing? Yeah, what the hell? You know, you do it for fun. <laughs> that would be sick, right? That's, but that's the, that's the disconnect because, again music is already perceived as something that is for, you know quote unquote for fun right it's something that's readily and easily available to the masses you know we have so many um outlets today itunes spotify youtube i mean you name it you know 
it's gotten to the point where, you know, our technology has even put like DJs out of business because you have some kid that can show up and have like an iPod list. Yeah. Yep. You know? Or some kid can just literally sit in his room on his i uh, his iMac and just uh, you know create his own music and put it on SoundCloud and just get him you know go viral and you, have this, <laughs> you got some guy who's working in a studio working his ass off and he just doesn't in get Manhattan anything. he's eating yeah. like Cheetos on a couch yeah and he's a little nobody thirteen year old kid <laughs> just making money over him yeah well yeah it's a digital era yeah man and that's like and that's a whole another competition too as yeah. well as a as a you know live performing musician is you're fighting against that too right um you know but that's that's just a matter of the times we live in yep you know and it's and that's adapting your business so that you can still work with that in mind and so, it seems like uh it seems like you had like a a know your worth kind of type of like attitude too when you were talking about that where it's like yeah you know um yeah that's my price range um i work a lot of gigs like this like i have high high demand uh, you know if that's my price if it's too much for you uh i can get somebody else for you you know who might be within here but like this is what my time is worth and like you kind of stick to your guns in that for me that happened yeah. naturally yeah mm-hmm. I, i'm sure and it, it, and it starts too. to move gradually up like like i, well, I, I got the- to a point where like the amount of time that i had in a day and i was like I was like, for me to make it so that I'm motivated and I do things the right way for you and I commit to the project and I just get it done at the quality has to be the highest quality. This is what it has to be. And like for people that are going to like mess around with me, I'm like, dude, like I, I'm not like for me, I'm not, it's not like I'm like some world renowned producer, but it's like, I'm just a busy dude. So your time is value too. It has to be, I have to. Yeah, exactly. I need to value my own self. Your most valuable asset it just is like time and information are your two most valuable assets. I feel, especially like kind of where we're at. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, if you're on the musician side of it, you know, it's not just your current time, but all the time you've put into your practice up till now. Yep. Like, you know, when I was in high school and I, cause I actually didn't even start playing bass until I was like a sophomore in high school. It kind of came, um, it was interesting cause I was in the chorus in high school and I always sang, and then uh, my music director, you know, music, you know, band teacher came up and he was like, oh, we need a bass player for the uh, string orchestra. You want to learn bass? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah. You know, growing up listening to jazz, I was always like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll slap the doghouse. Season the, <laughs> the moment to slap it around. But, you know, and I, I just that was my immediate connection instrumentally. But you you spend all those years honing that craft just as if you went to law school or, you know, medical or, yep. you know, all those years of study, practice, um, you know, interpretation, all of that comes into play. So it's not just like your current value time, like, okay, you're hiring me for like a three hour service. Yeah. I'm going to show up, you know, load in, do the gig for X amount of hours, load out, here's my fee, travel. But it's also like the difference between me studying this for the past decade, 15 years, and then some other Joe Blow who, you know, looked at a few YouTube scales and now wants to play, you know, like three songs for an hour. I think that that is an awesome comparison because I feel like I have that built in, but like I've never expressed it in a way like that where like you're, it's so true. Like if a lawyer spends eight years studying law to be the best lawyer and you study eight years being a musician, then why would that value that you're bringing for your service not be brought into the picture versus someone that is just winging it straight up. But, um, 
I guess like bringing it back in a little bit, if I'm working nine to five and I absolutely hate what I want to do, but I'm like the nastiest. You hate what you do, but you love what you want to do. Exactly. (laughs) I need to do, I need to do my wake up from work, which Mm -hmm, I'll, I'm sorry. It's always going to be a really like bad corny it's not even a plug because it's my own show, right. but it will always be a thing. I, I'm going to keep saying We're it going until back to the title piece. <laughs> so I want to wake up from work. I'm like, I need to go from I'm being paid this salary to tomorrow. I'm going to be freelance musician. What has to happen? And, and why is that possible? Why is it not possible? What? Well, I think if anyone has a passion for something for the sake of longevity and happiness i totally emphasize the fact that they should engage in that in some way shape or form i think that because you know i've been on that side too although i've been able to enjoy a life of a freelance musician i've had to do odd jobs to make ends meet financially you know Mm -hmm. you pull up you know different things you know you know, you pull in some shifts, you know, whether it's retail or like you're a waiter or something, you know, something to fill the void. The main aspect I think you need to be willing to do is is take the risks that other people aren't willing to do. Yep. You need to take that plunge knowing that what really what people are most afraid of is the unknown. And if they pursue their passion, it's an unknown road less taken yeah it's something that isn't guaranteed it's something that you know is kind of like a a, a novice um you know uh thing there like could be right Co- or it couldn't be right and that's right, the, right. And that's the whole thing because you know, like, exactly. a nine to five is always going to be guaranteed it's always i know gonna be if fixed. i show up tomorrow it's always going to be there this. that's exactly yeah. what right. it'll be i'll always have that i know three months from now when time. i have to buy my car that's the payment that's what i'm getting right. which serves a purpose but like you know it has its own merit but i you know if if you if there's something that you're passionate about you gotta you just you gotta go for it for your soul yeah. you have like to for your- and if you can make it work both you know for the enjoyment of yourself and what you love and financially you're in a really good spot sure and just know that you know there'll always be those roadblocks and those things that get in the way but you just need to overcome them and you know stay the course you know there's so many the most successful people out there have failed and failed and failed, but they keep on going. And, you know, really it's not a failure because they never gave up. And right? they learned. Like you take failure on the chin, you digest it, you figure out what the deal was, right. you change the strategy up, and you keep going again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a question uh, kind of going back to what we were talking about, like integrity and like quality of stuff, especially when it comes to creativity. And, you know, we're talking about music. It's very much like... What would you recommend for, you know, the listeners, anybody starting out, people who are similar to you or just kind of like abroad? Like, how do you cultivate a sense of integrity and high quality in what you do going forward? And like, why is it so important for, you know, your branding and, you know, making it something that you can do as like a profession? Well, for for me personally, it's not just keeping a high quality as a performer, but it's also, you know, my name is on the bill. Mm-hmm. If I'm showing up to a gig, it's 
the it's the CJ Pool group. So yep. CJ has high quality to him as a person and, as well and as that's his your, craft. Yeah, that's that's your reputation at stake. Brand. Do you, do you, yeah, exactly. All about it. Do you want to be known as like, oh yeah, he's the you know the schlocky quartet that'll come in and play you know X Y Z. He'll be a little bit late this time, but <laughs> just plan like extra fifteen <laughs> minutes before you tell him. But he's a real you know. steal, and you know he'll fill the void. No man, I, I look again. It's about personal integrity, and it's about the integrity of the music for the sake of the audience you're performing it for, you know, and if you got to go out there and you just got to give it, you know, I know it it might come off corny, but you just got to go out there and give it 110%, you know? Um, My thing is always, you know, be willing to, I can't think, be willing to um, work with the change of, you know, the times, and acclimating to you know a changing world but also stick to your guns and what you are passionate about and like don't your settle stone almost like yeah, what, do- what makes like what kind of sets you apart while also being able to like be yeah, dynamic and right way. don't settle for like you know just the mediocrity of it all jesse mm-hmm. from episode three had something that stuck with me where he always talked about have a clear vision for what you want to achieve and don't do anything that doesn't align with that. Like, mm-hmm. don't get distracted from anything that doesn't align with the vision. So if your vision is this is a certain quality that I'm going to uphold or this is a certain art that I'm going to push forward, then it's okay if you're doing all these side quests in this renaissance man, like, I'm going to wear the multiple hats to achieve it because inside there is encombed the vision mm-hmm. that you're pushing forward it's through all the stemming, it's stemming from and it's that. ultimately tying back to that yeah. all that was is, is within alignment of essentially what you're trying to get done so right 100% right cool yeah, yeah. and you know it's not easy it's not going to be easy you know the 9 to 5 is easy you know but if you're you know again just if you're willing to put up with the initial headaches yep. you know and just Stay, you know, keep passionate about it. Stay the course. You know, it's it's a great living. Like I, you know, I wake up and I can't say that I'm like not happy. Perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't have to wake up from work. No. <laughs> you 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 love what you're doing every day, so it's not work. Like John, last episode, he's like, "Yeah, I work seven days a week," and then we're like, "Are you ever like unhappy?" He's like, "No, dude, I love." every single day so uh, yeah i work seven days i literally have no days off but that but point the it's reason like it's not is because i don't need two days off like, because i'm, I'm just doing what i want to do every right. single day right and that's yeah. the end goal and like for me i guess like the reason why like i'm willing to take that risk is because like i know like like i'm i'm not having kids now but like i know like i'm thinking like in the future right how can i be a good dad if i fucking just hate everything how can i be a good husband if i hate things if you have resent you have regret i can't do that you know you're you know you're actively doing something that you shouldn't be doing and that kind of like damages how you go forward and and none of this is ever a knock at the people that are doing what they have to do oh absolutely never ever i'm doing that right now Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying like in terms of me like like that risk not taking that risk is a risk to me because i know that i'm not ever going to be the full person that i'm supposed to be for all the people that are in my life if i'm yeah. not pursuing that you're not strongly. like up to the potential or i didn't take the chance you're at least for me like i need that to be what i'm supposed to be for all other aspects in every single facet 
You know what I mean? The Dave Absolutely. Swobum standard. The Dave, yeah. Well, Ooh. that's a weak one. That's a <laughs> Listen, I just, like if, if I you said if your name like, hey, standard, just David Swobum. My name's CJ Poole. Like I'm booking right now, and they're like, okay, well, are you at like the CJ Poole like CP Music contracting standard or the Dave Swobum standard? They'd be like. I'm, the, I'm at the Dave Swillam standard right? and like, oh shit no 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 don't no, 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 hang up I'm like, oh, no, 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 oh dude no, is that no, no. I mean I hate that is that how you see yourself <laughs> yeah man don't, I, hope, I hope you don't see yourself like that man. Me no. Right now. Don't. no I'm a sly guy yeah you have high quality power yeah man yeah don't. Don't yeah. talk about yourself like that. That'll manifest into this reality. This podcast episode is actually a rebuild up episode of, of Dave. You're no. better than this game. You're better <laughs> no, than this. My beer was good. We opened up my first oh. craft brew today and CJ oh, liked it. it oh, man. Good. I got to tell you what. So I was real <laughs> skeptical because I love craft beer. And, you know, before this podcast, Dave gave me the heads up. He's like, hey, man, like I can totally get you like you know, one or two different things you like. And I gave him some suggestions and, I and then I show up and like he's like, jerk. he's like, Oh, by the way, I, I started my own, you know, my own craft and I, I, it's my first batch ever. And of course I'm like, Oh Uh-oh. shit, you know, oh, what, what is this going to entail? <laughs> and I got to tell you folks right now, that is some of the best beer I've yep. had. The fact that that, that was, was his first like cask or whatever period was incredible. John Young inspired me. <laughs> My Green Brewery. <laughs> it was real good. Was like good. he's got like if if the whole music end doesn't pan out, <laughs> he's definitely John got Army. like a savant shot at some serious <laughs> brew power, man. That I was need, the scheme the whole time. John, I need you. I, I couldn't <laughs> make it in the audio. All back. I'm on uh, my hands and knees and begging you, <laughs> take me into your brewery. So, I like to end uh, every episode with the same five questions. And the cool thing is I did send them ahead of time to CJ because I'm not as off the cuff as you want me to be, but, uh, Sometimes. he didn't see them. So this is no, they're no, they're all honestly people. I, I don't think actually know, but <laughs> I want them to know a book at least. But, um, so first question and we honestly almost always get this from the podcast, but sometimes people like regroup with like a specific really Instance, thing that they want yeah, to cover but concise what made you make the decision to pursue freelance music in a serious way what was it that like clicked like for me something happened and i was like yep everything in my entire life will be in alignment to making this happen like literally next day i was like everything i'm doing will be with that what happened that like this this is what i want Fra- frankly it, it straight up i saw other people doing it and I know this might sound like egotistical, but I knew I could do it better. Like I, straight, I straight up knew I could do it better. So I couldn't. If he could do it. If yep. he can, I, I couldn't oh, not Jeff do it. over there. Dude, this guy's like, making, I'm not letting this, this guy's guy. making money off this right <laughs> yeah, now. This what guy's getting the gig. He sucks. <laughs> like, no, I mean, straight up. I just, I just, that's where I was coming from. Like, I can do this way better. And yeah, this guy just hammered down three martinis and he's singing come fly with me and thinking he's a champ yeah. all right look, what's the going bar, on the out bar here fly cheese, all i'm saying man. is <laughs> dude i've watched enough cheesy ass animes and seen some of those freaking people in there i'm just like dude if this guy is who gets hired to do the voice for this person then i'm, <laughs> right? I'm fine i'm good i'm yeah. i'm mate i'm, I've, I'm, I've I'm doing this. it let's go so that yeah i mean that's that's fair that's that Okay, that's a wrap. That's, <laughs> that's like the quickest like shutdown. That no, that's exactly it. Okay. That goes back to like the I know my worth thing. So, <laughs> and I know that I'm worth more than you, pal. 
<laughs> How much did you make? All right, cool. Uh, cool listen, next time whatever. you hire, I'm gonna do double this. I just wanna... <laughs> yeah. Give me twice that much. Give It'll me definitely beans. be me. Um, so along the process of this, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made? Mm. That one is kind of tough. Biggest mistake I've ever made. Hmm. That one's a stumper. I've made no mistakes. I'm perfect. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's more like the complete opposite. Like I've made so many mistakes. Where do I begin? It's difficult um, because like with the mindset, like a lot of times you value the mistakes and you're like looking back hindsight. I'm actually happy that it happened because it developed this. But like yeah, if, if, if you're talking mindset. to CJ in the past who hasn't done it yet, right? And you're like, this is the thing that I really do wish didn't happen or like if i were to go back and and face it again i would not have allowed this to happen like what is it that you would bring to i think i think it probably would be the fact that i didn't do it sooner fair you know like i mean granted i'm right kind of type deal yeah and and granted like i'm i'm lucky like i'm still young you know just you know for all, all the listeners out there i'm only 26 so i got a you know some life ahead of me yeah but I wish that I had done it even sooner than that. Like there's no, like there's no right time. You're not going to reach that point. You're like, this is the moment. It's always a risk. And you know, if I look back, my biggest mistake was not just going into it even sooner because you can never start early enough. It's always a risk. Only always a risk. There might be less things that like, maybe you don't, maybe you don't have the thing yet where it's like, if I absolutely fail this other person or thing or anything connected is going to be the problem and there's less for me to risk i guess right i don't know and then like you kind of build yourself up to be like strong and resilient so that when like you weigh risk you're like oh the value of succeeding throughout the risk is worth way more than the pain of like what would happen if it didn't go to fruition right Mm. so on the flip side Swap it around. Okay. What is the best thing you've ever had, like, you've ever come up with in this process? What's the best idea you've ever had? My Cloud9 experience in this business was actually five years ago. It was 2013. Um, and uh, I actually booked, it was the first tour that I was able to book uh down the whole East Coast with the full jazz orchestra. And it was actually the 75th anniversary to um, Benny Goodman's iconic 1938 Carnegie Hall concert, which was a big, huge uh, mark in jazz history. Um, It was the first time that jazz had ever really been performed, like, in the theater. Because before that, you know, Carnegie Hall was reserved for, like, operas and classical... Theater. Yeah, like, just, like, symphonies. So... You know, that was huge, and I was able to book the tour with the jazz orchestra and this incredible world-renowned clarinetist um, out of New York, Ken Poplowski, who actually was an alumni on the Benny Goodman Orchestra, and he's, still, he's one of the top clarinetists in the world today. He still travels all over the world. Incredible guy, incredible experience. It was like a three-week tour. You know, we went everywhere from West Virginia, Ohio, all the way down to Florida, everywhere in between. Yep. That was like a pinnacle. Because it was so hard in today's market to book a, you know, it was a 13-piece jazz orchestra with guest clarinetist, you know, with it's a like production. It's with, a ton of people. yeah, with the sound guy, the engineer, you know, the whole deal. We had Huge the full we had the full project. tour bus. You know, it was just that was 
awesome. You know that I was 21 years old. You know, like, Hell yeah. and it was just, Hell yeah, dude. and it was just a ton of Big like, boy moves. Yeah, well, that's and that's when I really was like, okay, I can do this. You know, and it was a lot of time on the phone, a lot of time, you know, talking to these venues. That was like one of the best moments of my musical career thus far. I and, feel like I may be wrong, but. And I just hope my, I didn't peak too soon. That's all. Like, oh no, dude! I toured with my metal band, and I and it was a very different experience than I feel like you may have had. But uh, I remember like, a lot blows. of days I don't be the metal of band like rolling up in Philly in really sweaty shorts, and then like running right in, like playing a show, then going and sleeping on a cement pavement, and then waking up, drinking a beer, and eating a peanut butter sandwich. I don't know. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of differences. Vibe. I went on tour, and it, it, and honestly, like regardless dude, some, of the different drink some fucking ways, water, pal. Come on. Tour, <laughs> tour was like so free, dude. Like it mm. was, it was unreal to be like. My only commitment is waking up in another state in yeah. another day with different people and like impressing them or like creating this Hell experience yeah, for them. Dude. Well, and you it just feel like off. you feel like you're like I've arrived. I saw you know? my band name on like the sign for something. People are here for me. And it me. said like yeah. this is like in lights and I was like that's right and I was yeah. coming in and I was Fucking like right. I was like we suck ass but like you think that we're important and I'm coming in right now. <laughs> again, again, perceived value. <laughs> and you're suck ass. People are like coming up to my merch table and like, "Oh my god, like, hey, like would you like you know, take a picture with me?" And I'm like, "Would you sign my babies?" I'm, I'm like, Dude, yes, and I people will. in my area are like asking me to get out of the picture. Like, can you please get the fuck out of this picture right now? Like, I'm like no, but it was it was an awesome experience yeah. on it. Um, yeah, my band writes a lots of songs of my about my failures on tour. Um, so, uh, is there a certain book that you'd recommend, uh, either on the industry or business in general, or the lifestyle of the mentee, or anything that you'd recommend for our listeners that are coming from all these backgrounds? Uh, book. Um, book. And if you don't Vi- read, it could be book, like video, a movie, audio, anything book. that you, f- it, yeah. it, something, what, what, what could I use as a resource even spark some creativity, some well, motivation. I guess it's kind of tough because there's like the broad vision of just like doing this period. And then there's like the more, you know, finite vision, which is like doing this in this genre. Um, Let's go broad vision, and then I will include narrow vision if you have some inside the show notes. What's broad vision? Like, I come from different backgrounds, but, like, in general, this would be helpful for me. I mean, as far as that goes, uh, any kind of... Well, you know, I don't have, like, a specific book, per se, but... um, Hmm. Just... uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. I can't answer yeah. that. I don't know. Narrow vision? Narrow vision? Uh, man, there's so many like movies and resources, but one of my absolute favorite um, movies, just because it gets you so like into the, into the mood. I love the, the, the music. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing. Um, the... Um, it's Kevin Spacey's. This came out in like 2004, but it's his whole like movie of Bobby Darren, and it's called Beyond the Sea. And like for me, that was just like when I saw that movie, it was just like incredible because it was very like it wasn't like a straight up like biography of Bobby Darren, right? But it 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 portrayed you know his whole struggle and and like what he went through physically and in the business and became such an incredible star at such a young age and what a huge 
prominent, um, you know, figure he was and what he created so quickly. Um, you know, that was just really cool, especially being like a crooner, you know, myself and being like a jazz vocalist cool, and just aspiring to that. So I, I, yeah, I mean like even like, obviously I have my specific background, but like I just genuinely get inspired by like so many people from different backgrounds, just like the way that their life perspired to all, all the different things that happen. You just yeah. like watch it happen, relate to it and, it gets me amped. So, like anything, you can really find to like that's something that speaks to you. And like, I feel like everybody knows. Like, it's hard to articulate that, but like everybody knows what that means when it happens. And so, like, don't undervalue those situations. Like, you hear a score in a movie, and you're like, "Wow, that's like moving me." Like mm. for some reason, or you hear a really insanely good song, and you're like, "Yeah, something about this." Like, I can't put my finger on it, but it's like it's deep as hell. Like, right. I I do the same thing. Like when I read, like when I listen to some lectures or like books, or if I hear like for voice, so to speak, um, you hear somebody like really nail a character, and you're just like. Dude, you're doing this character on a level that's like making me feel ways that like, yeah, this is why you're doing this voice. <laughs> also right. huge as far as the business aspect and the music aspect. Uh, it's a two part biography on Paul Whiteman that real that just came out like in the, within the past few years. But it's Paul Whiteman, um, pioneer in American music, um, and this goes about like you know he was dubbed like the king of jazz in the early twenties, but he hated that title, but. Just that that two part series was incredible. Cool. Yeah, it really Perfect. good insight. And that's on like the business end too. Basically? Yeah, both sides. You know, it was like awesome. his biography. He did a lot of a lot of stuff. Almost everything started with that guy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice. I'm, we're running out of time, so I'm not going to go into detail, but definitely <laughs> check that out. Don Reno is the author. Really great. Biography. I'll put it in the show notes yeah. for sure. Um, like lastly, like, and then I'll, I'll cap this thing out and we'll get out of here. Um, how do people stay in touch with CJ pool, CP contracting? How do they stay in touch with you? What websites, like how do people follow up and stay in tune, like with where you're at and maybe even come see you, whatever it is. Uh, I had a lot of, um, uh, guys who stay up to date with me through pigeon, uh, pigeon carriers. <laughs> no, yeah. but, uh, I, I sent smoke signals. Yeah, I got owls. That, there was yeah. a solid time where I was like, what social media am I not cool enough for like, you? Dude, I'm not on Pigeon CJ yet. On, dude. Yeah, am no, I the old end of 26 right ball. now? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. But seriously, um, I'm actually in the process right now of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of uh, reinvention <laughs> of Twitter. Yo, I just sent a pigeon over to you. Like, I tweeted you. Just... We actually, it's like a throwback. Like we actually, now pigeons are going out. And we're like, dude, the fucking kids with their pigeons? Like, <laughs> like the pet rock. No, but in all, in all seriousness, um, I'm actually in the process of like completely like relaunching my website my music website um domain it's it's cjpoolmusic.com cool and then you know uh also my uh email is cjp3 at cjpoolmusic.com and uh the business phone number is 603-387-0050 man yeah Okay, cool. So, it came off the tongue so beautifully. People can can keep up to date with you, ask you questions. Is that is that all cool? Is that absolutely, fair game? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, again, the website's down, obviously, because I'm kind of rehauling it. But as soon as that's up, should be ready to go in the next one, you know, maybe like a month or two. That's one of the biggest things I've been focusing on right now on the business yeah. end. Um, but that'll have a lot of 
uh, you know, definitely, you know, booking contact and, um, you know, different shows coming up. Look at CJ's All because stuff, the crawl you know, space audios. one is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come to my website. I got it up so quick. Wait. I got the the episode up like the the website up like super quick, but like I've never maintained it at all, and that's like the worst. That's one of the hardest things about a website oh. is just maintaining it. It yeah. goes against all my mentee for yeah brand. It's like so not me, but like yeah. you have to get it up, get that. And they're so tedious. Up, they're so tedious. Yeah. And if you guys are real cool, then you'll check CJ and me out October something or other. But it's in Octo- my iPhone. It's, uh, it's Sunday, o- October twenty first. CJ's gonna sing. No, I'm not singing. Whoa, come on. I'm playing bass. All right, right, CJ's going to play bass. Public announcement. Here we go. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Sunday, October October 21st, 4 p.m. It's at the Concord City Auditorium in Concord, New Hampshire. We're going to be doing an evening of Cole Porter and George Gershwin. The show is entitled Swonderful and the Lovely. And we're actually going to be featuring a wonderful vocalist out of Philadelphia. Her name is Kat Faulkner. Cool. And it's going to be with the Capital Sextet which I'm going to be playing bass on, and then other members from the, the full uh, Capital Jazz Orchestra will be performing as well. And uh, that's the next like show locally that's going to be playing. Um, and again, that's October 21st. And I'll be dressed in straight black, crawling around in floorboards, and being stressed and not talking to you, doing audio. <laughs> So, do I'll not engage CJ. David. Do, do not, not engage. No David, what's engagement. going on, dude? I'm not in the mood. Hey, <laughs> I'm running the snake right now. Get out of here. Leave me uh, alone. <laughs> okay, so on that note, I'm going to cap this out. So, thank you all for listening to the Waking Up From Work podcast. Um, you can check out the show notes at wakingupfromwork.com slash episode six to see some links in a write-up of CJ and some of the things that we covered. Uh, please keep up with us on social media at Dave Wake Up. On Instagram, do you have an Instagram? Kinda. I do at Ryan Kerrigan four. It, it's probably going to be changing for wake ups or for my voice thing soon. At, at Ryan Wake Up. Yeah, it should be at Ryan Wake Up. I'm trying to force it upon him. I'm Facebook. Not a, I'm not huge social media. Facebook.com/slash waking up from work. Waking up. Uh, I'm sorry. Wake up from work podcast at gmail dot com. Um, my cell is nine seven eight. 925-7402 if you want to call or text me and I don't really sleep so it's all good um, let me know what your wake up and your story is and anyone that you feel might be a good fit or I can get some good information out of uh, into the show and expertise um, just connect with me we're, we're really at this to build a community we're, mm-hmm. we're here to support each other Seven questions in this is um just something that there's no reason why we can't all succeed for and we can all just voice this shit get better grow and get the businesses going and and things that we're up to um get the fulfillment rolling any type of review that you could leave on itunes or stitcher we really appreciate help us get into the ears of someone who really needs to wake up from work get the hell out of their car driving down to boston and get some shit going that they love um, just in general, thank you for the all around support and tuning in and we'll catch you next episode. Thank you guys. It was great Later. to be here tonight. <laughs>